Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 281 with a review of Robocop. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, you know, we are taking on the remake of Robocop, a film that I know Carson Patrick is very, <laughs> very excited about. Uh, so anyone who's listened to this show knows <laughs> I've been looking I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> so how are you doing tonight, Carson? Uh, I am very uh, full of anxiety and uh, ready to hopefully defend or not defend uh, either one of these movies. Wait, either one of either what one. movies? I don't know. I, <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Because I only I saw like, Robocop. Yeah. I feel like this will be like wait, an wait, extensive... We're not doing Winter's Tale? Sorry. I <laughs> oh, I watched the wrong one. Well, I, for one, didn't get to watch Winter's Tale as, as excited as I was because I mainlined all of House of Cards Season 2. <laughs> mm. I did see Winter's Tale, and I can tell you that the best thing about it is when Will Smith shows up as Satan wearing pirate earrings and a Jimi <laughs> Hendrix t-shirt. That, so uh, that that sounds like the uh, the last depiction of Satan we need. Like that's <laughs> every everybody moving forward will always be copying that depiction. Uh, but but that's kind of not fair because that would be the best part of any movie. I think. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, there was definitely that going for it. But uh, yeah, Colin Farrell flying around on a on a magical flying horse wasn't exactly uh, was it cutting it. Mm. <laughs> that that didn't do it enough for you. No, no, um, and, and apparently he's supposed to be 21 in the movie, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's pushing 40 in real life, so that's a little odd. Well, I mean, um, sometimes you just love someone so much you can't age. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. You, if you love someone so much, you can't die because uh, he lives to present day and has, you know, uh, isn't at all put off by the fact that, you know, people use computers and there's massive technology changes and everything around him has changed um but you know that's just i guess that's just I mean, how anyone anyone would react to those things the, the great woody allen taught us that the heart wants what it wants and you know, <laughs> age age doesn't matter that, that's right Whoa, too soon <laughs> oh good that, that was his famous quote that was that's a reference to sun Yi, not a reference to all the <laughs> other stuff that's going oh on. okay <laughs> Uh, well, how, how are you doing tonight, Stephen? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, we're recording at night, which we haven't done in quite a while. Uh, so right. I raced down here right before this. I was at one of these annual kind of awkward things where I have to go put on a suit and defend that I deserve a fellowship to a bunch of people. <laughs> uh, so went there, talked about robots for like an hour, raced down here. Now I'm ready to talk about the real robots uh, being RoboCop. <laughs> I mean, the only the only robots that really matter in society. Yeah, in the end, the the yeah. ones that can actually do something. Yeah, well, I'm I'm assuming that the robots that uh, you work on aren't going to be policing the streets of Detroit or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe Detroit <laughs> or, like, Detroit or pacifying doesn't have a lot of Iran. I think Detroit could use them. Like, even if they work ten percent of the time, they're probably going to help <laughs> Detroit out. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Okay, Steven said that, not me or Chris. I, I have no... <laughs> well, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna make that clear. I, I have no personal anything with Detroit. <laughs> I just know stereotypes of it being a rundown place. Yeah. I heard there are bears that infiltrated the city. I think Eugene Merman <laughs> said that. 
essentially what what you're doing with your whole program that you work on is uh, or in is you are trying to build societal Roombas to yes. to, to fix Detroit. Yes. I want Roombas that can fly and put guns on them and uh, you know clean up <laughs> clean up the streets like Roombas were meant to do. That would be a great movie. I I'd, I'd watch that movie, especially if Will Smith showed up as Satan. Yeah. Uh yeah. Put and, and, Kevin Hart in it, it'd make a hundred million opening weekend. And and basically since it is going to be Detroit, you know, not to not to bag on them even more, is uh you don't even have to build the system that targets between like the good people and the bad people. You just everything gets wasted. <laughs> Roomba P D blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, before we uh, you know go on trying to offend even more people. Oh yeah, on... Baltimore. Screw you too. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways, what, what do you say, guys? We uh, take a look at the trailer for uh, RoboCop and then get into what we thought of this film. What if I told you that even the worst neighborhood in America could be made completely safe? How do I know this? Because it's happening right now in every country in the world but this one. It is great to see American machines helping to promote peace abroad. So then tell me, why can't we use these machines here at home? Why is America so robophobic? We need to give Americans a product they can love, a figure they can rally behind. We can't put a machine on the street. Forget machines. They want a product with a conscience, something that knows what it feels like to be human. Give me mommy kiss. My baby. Too slow, boy. We're gonna put a man inside a machine. Time to wake him up. Make him more tactical. Let's go with black. Quality control, EM-208 versus Tin Man. Wow. We are going to make a lot of money. He's coming. Don't play good cop, bad cop. Bad cop, Robocop. He's undoing what we did to him. Thank you for your cooperation. Okay, so you just listened to the trailer for the remake of RoboCop. And, uh, you know, if, if you can't tell from the title of this film what it's about, basically it's about this cop who is a robot, thus the name RoboCop. Basically, this police officer gets, uh, you know, pretty terribly injured. Meanwhile, this company is trying to figure out a way to put their, you know, their crazy war machines onto the streets of, uh, you know, the United States 
And they can't do that because there's this law that says, you know, these weird robots that, you know, act on their own and do all this stuff aren't safe for our streets and they're prohibited. But what if we take this police officer who's been severely injured and put him inside of a robot? Then technically it creates a loophole in which this robot can then police the streets and not be against this law that's been passed. And, uh, you know, stuff ensues from there. So, Carson, before my uh, laptop explodes from the flames that are about to shoot out of it, I don't, know, I don't know if you can hear that fan, but uh, hopefully you can't. I, I, I can hear it, yeah. It sounds like you uh, you need like an ED-209 or something to come, you know, pacify it or whatever. I need something uh, because it is not uh, cooperating with me right now. But why don't you, while I try to, you know, fan this thing off, why don't you go into uh, why you didn't like this movie? Okay. You need, <laughs> or you like take your You need to take your computer to a rape crisis center. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was a reference to, uh, yeah, to the original the original Robo- RoboCop. Yes, okay. <laughs> which, um, which, which, by the way, I literally finished watching uh, like 30 minutes before we were scheduled to oh, record okay. this episode. So, well, at least you watched it. That's good. So I'm, I'm fresh and you know re caught up uh, with with uh, this, this. So wait, uh, had had you seen it before or not? Well, having r- just finished watching it. I have a feeling that I saw Robocop 2 <laughs> when I was little. <laughs> well, so, so the sequel. Yeah, and not and not the original okay. Robocop. Because Robocop 2 is not as good. Yeah, because I, I remember, you know, like weird like plutonium things being sucked into a robot's crotch and yeah, things that like was that. A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna be like, I remember the ninjas and he like corrects his jaw. It's like, oh that was Robocop three. <laughs> Um, but uh, at one point, doesn't he get like shot in the face by his son, or is that Terminator? Uh, I can't even. Remember. I, I think it's Terminator. That could be Terminator. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, don't quote me on that. Um, but uh, we're here to talk about this RoboCop, and so we'll try and stay on that course. All right. Uh, uh, for as much as possible, but because uh, I feel like there are certain aspects that it's kind of hard not to bring up, but since this is. We're here to talk about RoboCop 2014. So, uh, in that regards, uh, I think that this movie. I mean, I'll start off with this. I actually was excited about the prospect of a RoboCop remake uh, back in several years back when they announced that they were going to remake it and they had hired Darren Aronofsky to direct the film with possibly Michael Fassbender uh, starring as Alex Murphy. How in, how in the world have I never heard about this? That is that's that was way back and I remember he was uh, he was on Howard Stern talking about how he you know was trying to visualize uh, a new RoboCop and like to me that idea of someone like him taking on this movie uh, is something that's very intriguing. Like I I would have I would have been completely excited to see that take on RoboCop because I mean if you are going to remake a film that is you know revered as a classic I mean you you have to take sort of a drastic step in either a different direction uh, or hire someone like Darren Aronofsky you know to bring a vision to the the project because I feel like if you don't, then it's like, why bother? I mean, I mean, we have seen this happen so many times before. And obviously that's, you know, the, the mantra in Hollywood is that, you know, we'll just keep remaking it 
and uh, even if it fails, you know, we, we're not going to learn from our mistakes, but um, this RoboCop, the way that it, you know, has turned out, <clears throat> I mean, it's pretty infuriating on, like, every level, uh, not just in, ter- it, just in terms of, like, action movies in this day and age. Like, obviously, I, I mean... I just praised Iron Man 3 as the best film of 2013, and I think that is a good movie to point to uh, as an action blockbuster in this day and age that does it right, you know, that, that gets this uh, this idea of, of action right in this day and age. Like, I think that, uh, you know, by this movie suffers from, uh, obviously, the, the Nolanization factor. I mean... Nolan did a great thing with the Batman franchise, but like not everything needs to have that applied to, you know, its source. Are, are you just are you just talking about like making something realistic and gritty, or right? What, yeah, okay. yeah, I just wanted making, to make sure I was on the some, same page. Yeah, making something grounded putting and, and real. Putting Gary Oldman in it. Putting Gary exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly, um, exactly, and then having uh, you know, having those influences of, you know, trying to go back to. I mean, because this movie also has shades of, of Batman Begins in it, too, by, like, going, delving more into, like, the origin, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, it just, it, it definitely reeks of, of someone saying, you know, we need to do it like how Nolan did it uh, for the Batman movies. And not only that, but, I mean, everything feels like a copy right down to the score of this movie, which just feels like it was biting Hans Zimmer at every turn like i i'm pretty sure he should sue for some of those inception brahms like that were that were pumping throughout this uh this movie like it, it just felt so so done uh, done before you know and i think that you know taking that approach is not something that should be done and i think you know most like again like most action movies these days you know they favor uh, mindless action over, you know, something like violence that is, you know, earned. Uh, obviously, a movie like Drive earned its violent nature. Um, and here, you know, everything kind of just devolves into, once the action starts, it just kind of devolves into, like, video game sensibilities. And I always I say video game because that's as close as you can compare it to and, you know, like I said, I don't know what movie it was, but I said, you know, comparing it to a video game is giving a bad rap to video games because <laughs> they are, you know, on a different level now because they're almost, you know, better than movies in some ways in terms of their plot and visuals, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's the other thing when it comes to this movie is the plot. Like, what was the plot of this movie? Because it was so non-existent and it took so long to get to the point that could have been simplified so much. And that's where you have to go back to the original and praise that movie because that movie took about 15 minutes to get where this movie got to in like an hour. And I think that adding in all of this unnecessary convolution um, in terms of like, you know, Gary Oldman and they're, they're designing him and building him and he, you know, the Gary Oldman is the scientist, and and you know they're all talking and deciding about how he's going to look and blah 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 blah, and they're all using all this like technical mumbo jumbo that you know doesn't make any sense, and 
does it you know it, it just sounds like stuff we've heard before and then the other thing you know as in heard before seen before too because all of like the design of this movie it's obviously set in the the near future but we get the idea that uh you know it's it's obviously it has like futuristic shades but they're all like shades from other movies like anytime someone pulled up like a computer screen it's like all i can think of is minority report because like that movie you know totally like brought in the whole you know floaty screen thingamajigs and like pushing things around and i that was a terrible explanation but uh that you know brought everything in it's kind of like and we were joking before it's kind of like how like i said divergent looks like every other ya uh movie that's come out like they all have that like kind of like steely gray and blue look and like hot stars and they all have like the same uh idea going for it and uh that's just how that's just how robocop 2014 feels it feels like it was made in an assembly line not in an actual like from a creative point in someone's brain you know it just was like let's get this this and this from these other movies uh and put it in this movie and i and i feel like i feel like the movie was trying to have like the uh i i feel like that they at one point they wanted to have like the satirical nature of the original and i here it just didn't feel like they went for it and uh that is what separates i think the the original from this movie greatly and what makes the original hold up today is that that tone that's that's uh placed in that film uh it's very very uh you know, it's kind of like an angry, and it's very, it, it's humorous too. And I feel like this movie is humorless, and uh, you can't really have like that kind of satirical nature with the whole like Christopher Nolan tone, you know. So uh, yeah, I uh, you know that's my sort of level-headed explanation, but uh, yeah, I was uh, I was not pleased with this movie so i'm gonna throw it over to to steven to see what he he's got our, he's our we're gonna take it to the send it to the robot expert yeah send it to the <laughs> roboticist uh we're down to you steve Be- because this was a very technically accurate movie on on every <laughs> um but yeah so i i'm coming at this from a very different angle first i i'm sure i've seen robocop but like Chris up until a couple hours ago, it, it's in this like hazy place in my memory. It's not fresh at all to me. Uh, I have vague recollections of it existing and of it kicking ass uh, and very little else. <laughs> um, so, I remember so I it existed and I think I liked it. Yeah, yeah. So I can't, I can't really grade this on the curve of did it do justice to the original because I don't... Whatever I remember about the original is not going to be level-headed at all. Um and so when I was headed to see this movie, then I told a friend I was meeting up with right before that I was seeing it. And he said, oh, good luck. That That is such crap, that movie you're about to watch. <laughs> oh, so I went in with like a very, very low bar. Not that I ever had a high bar for the RoboCop movie, but I mean, <laughs> the bar was pretty low going in that this is going to be terrible. And, and with that said, I thought it was, it was bad, but like, 
I, I won't even say bad. I, I thought it would just didn't know what it wanted to be at all. So if it was trying to be a superhero movie or anything remotely like that, like a fun popcorn flick, it clearly failed that right away. I mean, like like Carson said, nothing really happens in this movie. Uh, <laughs> there's certainly no one that you empathize with or root for because there's no conflict to root for for longer than like two minutes at the end or something. Yeah. Like, so there's very, very little to have there. When it first started, the dark tone that it took it kind of drew me in, sort of like the Hunger Games when it first started. And I learned, like, you know, where are you taking this and what kind of issues might you delve into? I, I was drawn in for a little bit thinking, like, wow, this could go interesting places. Like, what makes a man a man versus a machine? Like, what can you give up and still be a person? What, you know, how are we, our flaws are also our strengths, and how are they going to delve into that? And then, of course, the satire aspect with... um. I forget the name now, but Samuel L. Jackson's talk show character, uh, like the political Novak or something like that. Yeah, 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 Novak. He, yeah, Novak. So there were things that, when it started, and at least throughout the beginning, I was thinking, like, you know, this is this could be interesting. Like, this is going to bring up some good points. But then it didn't really do that either, or or at least like it, if it wanted to be a thinky dark film, it didn't take it far enough to make you think at all. Like. It it just didn't it it didn't do anything. Like the the visuals were fine, the the acting was fine, I guess. Like you know, they're all cliches of course, like Gary Oldman is the conflicted scientist who just wants to help people and the big you know big evil business uh, Michael Keaton is just like money hungry and doesn't care what happens and yeah. the Robocop, you know, the the main character, Joel Kinnaman, was fine as a robotic balanced person but just they <laughs> they didn't do anything like it didn't I, I i never got angry at this movie and i was never like uh i really want to get out of here this is just terrible but when it ended it was kind of like when the family ended and we reviewed that movie <laughs> i was just like <laughs> it, it was just oh, like I, I longed for the family no I, I i put them on a similar plane actually not content wise but it was like stuff happened and visually and everything <laughs> it was all okay in the moment stuff did happen yes like it was okay in the moment i was rarely like looking at my watch not that i have a watch because we're not in the 90s <laughs> but i was rarely <laughs> looking at my cell phone um but i don't know it just didn't do anything it had like no plot it had really no substance it to me it was just meh it, it was okay i i didn't think it was offensive I thought the ideas were good enough because I barely remember RoboCop, so I get to attribute all of that idea to them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it just had an identity crisis. It, like it was trying to be two things, and it didn't wind up being either of them. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I oh, I was just gonna go say, I was just gonna say that like, uh, I think yeah, I think if this movie, if the original hadn't existed, I think this movie would just be. I think I would be more on your level of just it's purely mediocre mm -hmm. and it is and i think in that sense uh it's also sort of infuriating because it's it feels like jack ryan or some of these other movies that just you have all this money but and it feels like all this effort was put into nothing um mm -hmm. but i think there's to me there is a certain level of extra level obviously because you know 
I have seen the original. I really enjoy the original. And, uh, you know, that's where you get into uh, territory, you know, that kind of territory. But, you know, on its own, like trying to see it just as for what it is, I mean, it is very, it is very middling. And, you know, it goes back into that whole thing where it's like, you spent a hundred million dollars on this movie, but Neil Blomkamp spent thirty, and that movie looked better. District Nine, so I mean, it goes back into that sense too. Right. I mean, they really just didn't do anything. Like they they have all these perfectly good actors and character actors that they just give like very bland, not bad, but not good roles to. Like they had Omar yeah, like, from The Wire, and he's like oh, the most yeah. boring character. <laughs> like yeah, and Michael Ke- Michael Keaton was super underutilized. I and mean, like, he could have been a, a great villain. Like uh, Jackie Haley, Jack Haley, he like his his like asshole character guy is just not motivated at all. He's just like like a dick for no reason. <laughs> like like let me make fun of the handicapped guy and call him Tin Man. Like what that? What, what did he's, he do to he, you? That, that's literally <laughs> his on. character description. Yeah, like what? On at earth the very least, he he's handicapable. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's he's a robotic man. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. It was. I thought it was fine i was going in expecting terrible and it was just mediocre to me also did anyone else think that the new robocop suit looked exactly like snake eyes and the gi joe suits it looks exactly like any futuristic biomech (laughs) that too like look at look at look at any video game where like like the any of the crisis games um, essentially yeah yeah anything from tron like i it Saying it looks the, like Snake yeah. Eyes, Snake Eyes is just taken from any of the previous, like no, any, yeah. any robotic ninja. Look at any of the Metal Gear Solid games, oh, and yeah. like all of this movie is taken from that. But um, but yeah, that's what I first latched onto was Snake Eyes from the new GI Joe. I mean, I I I think the suit looks <laughs> like it. The way that he moves, like rewatching Robo, like the original RoboCop, like it's kind of laughable how cheesy the robocop suit looks like so regardless of what you think it's borrowing from at least at least this robocop suit is somewhat intimidating like i would disagree with that wholeheartedly you think the original robot suit is intimidating at all i think that the suit in this film looks just like a guy in a suit it looks like an iron man type of situation where the original alex murphy looks and acts like a robot in in a, in a typical like sense, he moves like a robot and acts like one. And that there is a there is a you know very intimidating presence to that. And I I think that his, the design of his suit fits in with the design of like everything else in that universe, which is supposed to be like shiny and clean. And I think it works for that. I mean like the 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 suit the new suit I feel like is just too much like a guy in a suit with roboty noises added in like just because you move your arm and it makes a noise doesn't make you a robot i don't like you know just like it, it was too sleek you know it didn't feel like mechanical or anything well in, in the context of the film the original version looks more like the, the the in this movie the first iteration of the suit looks more like the original robocop movie right yeah and then they yeah. they purposely for the sake of of marketing it to the population of the united states try to make it look sleeker and more futuristic and more tactical right go, go with black 
so it, it, it's it's a conscious choice, and in the context of the film, they purposely skew away. It's kind of like when uh, in the X Men movies, when he's like, "What would you rather see us wear yellow spandex?" It's like we are right, right. modernizing the look. They're of modernizing this. it, yeah. But I feel like the 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 look of the original is something that's much more iconic than the look in this. The look in this just feels like everything else, which falls in line with the movie and how it feels like everything else. All right. Well, anyways, um, so bottom line is. I'm sort of I'm sort of on par with what Stephen was saying. The movie is sort of meh, but I want to attempt at least in some way to not really defend it, but at least like pat it on the back for doing some things that like I feel like the film made a good faith effort on trying to separate itself from the original and in some ways uh, not not improve as in they they achieve that, but they tried to do, they they tried to take the original. And look at what the original didn't cover, and then cover that in this film. So, for for example, the in 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 the original RoboCop, uh, the the whole point is that you know this company is tr- like basically Detroit's so screwed up, uh, and then they want to build this new awesome whatever Delta City, whatever the hell they're calling it, and basically the crime is so terrible and everything is so dangerous that like we're just screwed, you know, cops are ready to quit because they don't want to risk their lives and they need some sort of new force that's somewhat militaristic that can come in and, and you know, save save the city so that, like, it, it won't be completely taken over by crime. They need a Batman figure, whatever. Um, so this, this company is creating this robot uh, and uh, it turns out that, you know, there's some glitches in the program and that allows another guy who has his own idea to kind of like sneak ahead of this other guy's program and sort of get his robot man police officer guy into the system like there is no reason for it to be part human other than the fact that like it, it would be cool if we had a half human half robot cyborg like it, it's there there's no there's no specific reason in the story of robocop why robocop had to be part man it was just a, a way to differentiate it from like the normal military giant mech thing that's walking around and then so, you know, a cop gets killed and they build him into this robot and, you know, Robocop is born. There, there's not, like, a, a specific thing that um, drives it to be that way. Like, you know, story elements come up from there moving forward. Uh, you know, like, the whole plot revolves around this robot, like, you know, slowly learning that at one point in time he was this police officer that was murdered. But that's, like, a that, that's a plot that forms as the film is not is going on it's not the driving force between uh behind why there is a robocop so in this movie what they did is they they skipped ahead of the like this is our prototype robot that has a problem that proves why we need a different robot and they went straight to these things are totally in use all around the world our military forces use these robots that work not only perfectly well but super efficiently you know no no mil- uh, us soldiers are getting in harm's way because these robots are super awesome but the united states is scared of them and they don't want them on the streets so our our company is trying to like figure out a way to break into the us market and realize that well if robots aren't allowed on the streets what if we had a man who was robotically enhanced like just from the beginning of the story there is a, a reason that makes more sense why we have a RoboCop and not just a mech on the street. Um, so, like, just from the bottom line, that's an interesting distinction from the original that separates it 
um, in its story, and you can say that's a bad reason, or you can say it's a like you can you you can complain about the fact that they're changing it, or you can go like you know look, you decided to remake this and you took it on your own and you created this whole uh like backstory to drive why we need a RoboCop. So it's like I first things first, I want to like pat them on the back for back for doing that because to me that is a more compelling reason than oh shit this guy guy just got blown away in a boardroom and now we have to yeah but the reason in the first one is that they want to control the crime yeah but i mean it's just a smaller reason it's not but no that's the reason why they need a robotic force to yeah. patrol the streets not why we need a man version of a robot but I mean that you know they decided that instead of having just a full-on machine, they're going to have a man who's half man, half machine, but, to you know to think to think that you know people will be you know okay with that because it's more human, I guess. But no, I mean, like it's exactly the, how they the, did it in this movie. No, it's completely different though because this is just the board. Like a guy is going to sign off on whether or not we like this, and when somebody in his boardroom gets blown away, he realizes that like crap this prototype is not ready yet. We can't go to market. If we don't meet the street date, we're totally screwed. And then some enterprising weasel in the company is like, huh, I got this other idea that might work. And he sneaks I mean, it, in. Yeah, but I mean, it was, you know, it was an idea that he had and I, and it was different from his. I mean, I, it but, would but make the, sense But the only, have... the only difference is that he could meet the release date or the street date for this product, not yeah. that he had a safer way to do it. It was it like, there's literally a line where the guy's like, Hey, I can meet this release date or whatever, whatever the line is. In the I mean, but right. I think I think that goes into like the simplification of of that movie and where it, it's much more streamlined and and flows better than. And I, I don't disagree that this movie, you know, obviously they were trying to 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 you know make a, a distinction between the two, and I and I think that there could have been something interesting said about how they took it at least in the setup of this movie well uh, but i don't i think that they they don't push it as far as they could have i mean they could have had a, a lot of really great uh commentary on like you know the politics like of today and they don't yeah well i mean i thought so i will say that was what i liked the most about this movie was the attempt to do that like i i actually thought they motivated the the need to put a person in the suit reasonably well and like the political atmosphere that would go behind it. And they were like, they were a little too on the nose with tying into drone strikes and everything. But I mean, they were, I, I thought that was okay, but I, I don't knock it for that w yeah, without I mean, any memory of how it improved or didn't improve on the original one. Well, I mean, they just don't take it as, as far as the original where we cut to, you know, commercials of families playing, you know, Nukem board games and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's was... the other thing too. Is like the the those those Nukem board game commercials are like portraying this world in disarray when the film itself is only portraying this city in disarray. Like there's like I don't like the warring uh, groups of people in the city aren't like carrying nukes. <laughs> like well, no, no, I'm just saying like the Nukem thing that was clearly you know a whole uh, send up of like Cold War fear and stuff like that yeah but i'm saying those commercials don't play into the context of the film that's more of a like society at the time this movie came out may have been concerned with that kind of crap but like it... but it's clear that the society i mean we get that from all of the other news clips that the society is everywhere is in disarray not just detroit yeah but the, the, those like, news you know... clips don't don't like 
it seems like the news clips are their own movie and then robocop is that movie and it's like 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 basically if you remove those news clips all you do is reduce the runtime of the original robocop you're not actually you remove the satire too which reduces you know you make it the new movie basically and I'm I'm saying you make that, it more that, like the new. Movie. I'm saying that all those commercials took me out of the, like rewatching or or watching the original film. Like I'm like watching it, going like, wh- why are you showing me that? Because it doesn't actually pertain to the story of Robocop. That's just like societal satire that doesn't pertain to the movie. But it it does though because they're giving you a sense of like what's going on in the world. I mean the 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 remake is exactly how like Damon Lindelof described in that article he talked about where like everything now has to be bigger and and bolder and everything you know the the heroes just can't save New York or Detroit anymore they have to save the whole world like it has to be on a bigger canvas and everything and I mean that's what's so great about the original is that it doesn't take place you know we don't have like oh let's see what strife is going on in other places I mean we do get that through the news clips to establish that we are in a society that is, you know, on the brink, basically. It's 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 falling apart. And and the the fact that, you know, these corporations have come up and created this almost, you know, fascist like uh control over the cities, like that is, you know, a huge uh that's what a huge distinction between this one and and, and the new one. Well, well I th- I mean, removing the removing the news clips from that movie is like you know, like when you said you know, let take the Denzel being a pilot out of flight. Like it removes what's interesting about it. I don't agree with that, but e- either way, let, let me let, let me kind of continue on. Yeah, I still want to know what you thought about it. <laughs> well, the, the 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 next the next thing I want to mention is that like, you know, the, in the original RoboCop, you know, when he first gets turned on. And like the one guy's like, what are your directives? And he's got he's got four directives, one of which is conveniently hidden from the story, and that that may or may not come up by the end of the film. Um, but like the directives are like, you know, protect the innocent, be super awesome cop, policeman, and then like something else. I forget what the directives are because for the most part they're sort of irrelevant once Robocop leaves the police force because he is the worst cop. He is Team America World Police. Like, (laughs) basically every time he walks into anything, that building is leveled. He's throwing guys around. He's, He's, like, completely avoiding due process. He sort of just shows up and, like, beats the shit out of everyone, shoots a lot of people, throws people out of windows. Like, there's never a point where he's being, like, a... Like, if if real police officers act this way, they, like, the police force would be, like, having a lawsuit every five minutes. Like, there's no point in the film where, like, you're like, oh, that's right. Like, he is acting in this great... Like, as, as a way an officer should. And, like, at least in this film, like, the whole thing is that, like, you know, Murphy is technically a... He, at the start of the film of, of the new RoboCop, he's sort of a shitty robot because he's too much of a human. And, you know, Gary Oldman has to try to dole down the part of the human side of him that is helping to make decisions in a good way to try to make him respond more like a robot. Um, and in the other one, it's like he's just a robot and he walks around punching things. I are bad guy i can do stuff like he's i I don't know it's just very like he doesn't just stop a rape he shoots a guy in the nuts like you know like what's wrong with that i mean i don't understand how that's any because his his directive is to uphold the law and that is not a legal 
act like a police officer cannot in the eyes of the law just shoot a guy in the nuts because he was assaulting a woman like yeah but i think in the original robocop it's earned because they've they've established that you know sort of fascist like world where everything is clean and pristine and that's what it goes back into like the suit design and you have this clash of everything that's so like clean and everything and then you get like things that are like pornographically violent almost and it's just like that that's what i think that's why I think the movie earns its violence instead of, you know, having the new RoboCop in this movie walk into a building and just destroy a bunch of those ED-209s and make all kinds of destruction there. I mean, how is that not a, you know, a, a, a dumb cop Are, are you talking about in, in the... In, in the, the new RoboCop at the end when there's just all kinds of destruction going on. Yeah, the difference is he's not acting... He, he's not... In that scene, without going too much into the plot of this film, he is not acting as a police officer at that point in time. Yeah, he's like, acting of his own volition. That's kind yeah, of that's that's like the whole of point of that scene. As opposed, yeah, but like, I mean, we're okay, still getting like all this destruction. Here, here, and here's stuff. here's the example: the big gun that RoboCop carries in both films. In the other one, the only mode that gun has is semi-burst and rape people with bullets. In this movie, the only like thing he uses when firing at anything other than a machine is this shock charge that disables a person. There's never a scene where he obliterates a bad guy for the most part for any, like in using any other type of bullet than one that simply immobilizes the target by shocking them. Like, yeah, but I mean, you don't agree with the fact that this movie is, is, is satirizing like big corporations and the fact that it's designed to be that way to be this like clean pristine world where all of a sudden there's just bursts of violence that are happening in it i i still don't really know what you mean by clean pristine world because like detroit is not pictured as a like i'm talking about like the design of the corporations and that world within you know not exactly the city but the new detroit is all very like ruled over like a fascist state and it's it's like in Demolition Man, where everything the future is everyone's nice and polite, and you know there's no cursing, and then Wesley Snipes gets put thrown in, and everything you know well, the, gets the, thrown off. The, the Delta City doesn't exist in the original RoboCop. The whole thing is they need to clear out the crimes so that they can create the jobs to build the city. The city doesn't exist. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying like that company omnicorp like the design of their company is to reflect like that sort of state yeah that that's what they hope to build in right in the I'm process saying, of like, making themselves rich but that city doesn't exist that's just a like it's literally a model sitting in the upper floor of the corporation no, it's not I'm a real saying, place the design of the movie of omnicorp in that movie is like that that's what i'm saying that's why you get that that sort of clash with the the hardcore violence against that backdrop. Sure. <laughs> okay. Obviously, I, I wish I could weigh in on this. <laughs> obviously, you didn't see it, but that's that's. I mean, that's what it's going for. I mean, that's why it's there. Anyway. I mean, that's why that's why they have that. I mean, that's why it goes with the the news stuff. I mean, that's why they have the. The, the satire of, of the news people and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's all a part of it, you know? I mean, the, 
it's exactly like how what they did in the Lego movie where they had like the where's my pants and then in the original Robocop it's like I'd buy that for a dollar and shows everybody watching this stupid sitcom and stuff. <laughs> I mean that part yes is the same. <laughs> but I don't I, I think and both movies and I mean, also like, had and... a line about uh, making something black or gray. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Even in Lego movie, like they're they're ruling over like that that city and you know, making everyone be like going by the instructions and stuff. I, I mean I, I I get that that is there, but I don't think it's the primary focus of the film. It's a thing that sort of lays there in the background and is kind of unimportant to the plot of Robocop himself and, and No, like... but it's unimportant to the, the design of the movie. I mean that's why Robocop is held up and that's why this Robocop will be forgotten. You know what I mean? Like that's why. Well, I think I think RoboCop has quote unquote held up because it was way ahead of its time when that too yeah. it was created. Like I think it is it is a it is a nostalgia that is unchallenged by anything else that it that also like it it, it everything else. But also is being the judged. reason. Go ahead. But the reason it's ahead of its time is because it has those elements in it. it I mean, like that was. To, to, to cut to like news clips like that I mean that was that was not heard of in movies back then you know now when they do it in the remake you're used to it because I mean you're used to seeing that in other movies and stuff or TV shows or whatever but I mean that's that's you know why it was yeah, I, feel I, like I just a, think a part of what, it why it's head of the time what Chris is saying is that we give these older movies a like kind of a pass because they were the first or what they were doing wasn't a trope yet but that doesn't yeah. really mean you're you're not really judging them on an even playing field, right? You're judging this movie by today's standards and that movie by decades ago. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like they're they're literally the opposite end of the coin. It's like this RoboCop is being judged for being too much like what came before it, and the original one is being praised for being unlike anything that came before it. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I just think that like, I mean, if, why? What's if, wrong if, with that though? Because I mean, it's it's an original creation. The right. movies have been biting RoboCop since then. That's fine, but what I'm saying is, is a film that sits somewhere between these two films could be a pretty spectacular movie. Like it, it I think yeah. that, I think that this film, because it's not trying to hit that satire as much, is able to, to to really think about the like whether or not it does it accurately or not is is actually trying to, um, think about what it would be like to have this RoboCop exist in real life like what technologically what could this thing do how would it solve crimes um all that kind of crap um where would the creation of this like what industries would control the creation of this and who would be able to make this as opposed to like a military force like the whole thing is jackie early haley is like the machine should respond in a fraction of a second and you know it doesn't need to to think at all it just acts and then a man you know, never, you know, supposedly supposed to not act. It's supposed to think out, make decisions, and then go. And then the whole, like, fight between which of those is the proper way to act, what provides the most security and efficiency. Like, there's this whole battle there over what these machines are doing, um, which, in theory, is, is an interesting construct. And the original Robocop was like, no, there's this impervious robo-man who just beats up bad guys and it isn't awesome because this guy was just standing there and got obliterated by machine gun fire and like you know these guys are like hey, yeah man 50 caliber sniper rifle with explosive round bam yeah everything is awesome like it everything just is like awesome. the lego movie no like it, it just it it 
the like uh, Robocop. I, I, I feel like the villains, especially in in the original Robocop, are much greater in the sense that like you feel more sympathetic for Murphy because. I mean, those are, are some real slimy bastards. Well, they in the, they in the were f- the, in the original. They were flat out villains. In this one, the person be like the villain in the current RoboCop isn't really technically a villain. This becomes a a sort of revenge story. Um, like there's there's sort of like the two. There's the corporate villain, and then there's the actual bad guy villain. And like partway through the movie the actual bad guy villain is sort of dealt with in a way. And then what we're left is, well, we have to finish off the movie and complete the arc. So we have to invent out of nowhere this, uh, this corporate villain to like be the guy, the bad guy who is making decisions that theoretically hurt Murphy. And right. I mean, like, they had that, the corporate that villain aspect the... of the film is, is why um, this film airs more on the side of just meh is because once the legitimate villain is taken out in this film, we have the rest of the movie to go, and that rest of the movie isn't really supported by a whole lot. Um, but I think the beginning of it, like the, I, 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 I just, I think they legitimately tried to fill in backstory of who Robocop is, was, and and why this being came to be, and that stuff was all interesting to me. And then once he kind of enacts his own little vengeance and you know solves. A bunch of crimes like in a legit way not just going up besides the one like warehouse scene blowing a bunch of people away like he's for the most part like theoretically acting as a good cop like you are under the rest for this crime come with me and if you resist i will shock you instead of just blow you away with machine gun fire so, right i mean but that goes with the, the campy tone of the movie i mean that's what this movie is lacking yeah it's not ridiculous it's it's trying to be it's trying to be grounded in reality (laughs) it's trying to be grounded in reality and that's why i think that it suffers because it's going with like the nolan but but i'm saying that the the original's lack of grounding counteracts like literally there are four rules that a machine must adhere to at least robocop must adhere to and because they don't want to be grounded in reality they they spend the beginning showing you those four things so that the fourth one that they don't show you can come into play at the end of the movie and the first three get ignored the second he leaves the station. And it's like that to me is like it's not fun to have campy explosions. Like that's why the, the, the you know, the new Rambo movie with him just standing on a machine gun for like the last 30 minutes of the movie wasn't awesome because it was like, OK, this is just Sylvester Stallone shooting the shit out of like a bunch of guys for no reason other than like, isn't it cool to see him on a big machine gun? Like that's how the original Robocop feels, because. Like, they set up these rules that you must obey and then just ignore them all except for the one that might make things difficult at the end of the film. Okay. I'll, I'll, I, don't, I don't agree, but I'll yeah. just say Fourth Directive is not as interesting as Red Asset. That's, that's all I, I'll say. I, I think Fourth Directive is a lot more entertaining than uh, Red Asset. I mean, it's essentially also, the same Also, thing. the way Fourth Directive gets resolved is, is pretty stupid. <laughs> It's pretty dumb I, I shit. figured you. I figured you would say that. <laughs> Rewatching the movie, I just pointed out all the moments where I was like, "Well, Chris will probably hate this." And you, uh, you guys are I, making I, me really wish I rewatched the movie. <laughs> well, you you can you still have time to rewatch it. No, that, I that had movie time will never while go you away. Were talking about this, <laughs> <laughs> but uh. I feel like I feel like the the resolution of the fourth directive is a, is another example of why 
the the original robocop feels like the european version to the remakes american remake like it feels like when they (laughs) it feels like when it feels like when they do an american remake of a european movie and they they add in all of this backstory and unnecessary information of what made the original so good they ruin it by adding in everything else that you don't need and that's exactly what i think this new robocop does i mean they they add in more stuff with his family which i don't think is important to the story like it's not as vital and i think the way that it's handled in the original is is perfectly done like i just think that you know that isn't interesting and i feel like abby cornish's character in this movie she's playing the character that she was playing in seven psychopaths and getting satirized in that movie yet and it's hilarious because it just happens to be you know the same actor in this movie i mean it's the same type of woman role in in this film where she's just like she has nothing to do Mm -hmm. Uh, but that that yeah that's what i mean about like how the the original feels like the european movie and this feels like the american remake of it steven right i so i'm i'm doing this with half information because what i see is like chris is painting these two extremes that these movies are trying to fall in uh and so i can't speak to the original one but i definitely think what you're saying about the tone of this one and why it tried to motivate it more and with carson like why it kind of failed to do that is dead on i mean that's what i felt about how it didn't know what it wanted to be like it it started to lean in that kind of let's give everything a motivation let's give it all a reason and without really pushing far enough to make that aspect interesting and then it didn't go campy or fun enough to make the other side interesting so i actually think this was the boring middle movie like like the midpoint of two extremes and that's what didn't work for me is that it couldn't actually do anything on either end but i i can imagine being on chris's side about the original too because i'm not the biggest like camp action fan but i mean i do agree that this this take on the movie could have worked but it's just they don't push it far enough i mean in terms of like you know how would how would a like a grounded you know grounding it in reality and what it would be like in the real world uh to have you know a, a robo cop like i i think that could work it's just that i don't think they take it far enough uh to make it interesting like i wanted to see him there's a part in the movie where I, th- I think it's fairly early on, so it's probably not a spoiler. But basically, uh, Gary Oldman's character makes it so the part of him which gets to judge and process his actions before he does them is circumvented in this movie. Like the, That's kind of a big switch that he makes to make him more robotic and less like a man. Yeah. And I was hoping with that, they would delve into the... like the conflict or how weird that would feel for him to feel like he has free will, but then doing things that are against his nature or doing things that wouldn't, wouldn't fit with who he is as a person. And I, I really wanted to watch that happen. Like kind of darkly. I wanted, if they were going to take it that way, I wanted to see him like his family fall apart or him do some terrible things or like, I, I wanted something to go dark if they were going to paint it that dark and they just never never did anything with that yeah and i think that's partially like once again without going too much in the story is they're like so you have, you have two forces uh kind of controlling that aspect of it one is you have uh 
uh, Jack Earl Haley saying that, like, see, he responds too slowly. He's not as good as a robot. So there's something we got to do to fix that. And there's also he undergoes, we'll just say, a psychological spike in memory activity at some point in the film, which causes Gary Oldman to have to react on the fly to sort of reduce that uh, emotional center, we'll say, uh, for for a duration of time. And right, they just right. kind of latter that latter part, I felt like they handled that fine. It was the former that they never really touched on again. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's like a it's a combination of those two like those two things I think intersect at a certain point in time, and it's sort of they kind of like go like oh well we're just gonna forget that we were doing that for a temporary reason, and we'll just leave that yeah theoretically forever, and that's that's what kind of didn't make sense to me is like okay well clearly there was a a a response to you having done that, but then you just decide like no that's the way we're gonna leave it from now on, um, <laughs> but like I I actually I I. I wish there was a little bit more of a conflict too between Jack Jackie Earl Haley's side of things and and um, Gary Oldman's side of things. Like I don't think that the battle between like they should have been arguing uh, over which one of those is the yeah, best. Yeah, the, the philosophic process. battle never never really happened. Yeah, like, yeah you don't yeah. you don't get yeah. to see much of that. Yeah, it's like it's it's like if if Spl- the movie Splice started after the creature had like grown to adulthood like that's kind of how this movie is like it skips the like the the big like people arguing whether or not what they're doing is all right or what the consequences that that uh could be like we really needed uh you know a a dr ian malcolm character in this film to <laughs> to like hang out and uh um exposes chest hair yeah exposes chest hair to tell the robot that he must go faster must go faster and to explain how chaos theory proves that, like, when you try to dick with somebody's emotions by circumventing the way their brain processes their own, you know, will, that uh, things could go wrong. <laughs> I I think Jeff Goldblum would have been yeah. uh, heartily. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. This, <laughs> I think he's my go-to chaos theory explainer. Yes, I plus I think he would have injected a. a some comedy into the movie he should have played the the senator who had originally passed the no robots <laughs> bill uh, i would love to see him arguing with uh, yeah, samuel with jackson Keaton. about uh, oh yeah <laughs> like on his show uh, yeah that would have been pretty good and then he's like hold on to your butts yeah, see, what happened is actually they had to reset RoboCop, but they weren't sure that the power would come back on once they flipped the switch off. <laughs> and it did, but they had to go to the shed and, you know, flip the push to close button to right. reboot. Uh, but then by then, the whole park had gone offline and essentially all the robots were getting out of their cages. She, she was like, oh, Mr. Novak. And then it was just his hand or <laughs> yeah. just his arm. Yeah, it's just his arm. Oh, no. I think uh, BJ Novak every time that, by the way. <laughs> Dude, I I think I would have uh, liked to have seen B.J. Novak as the Novak experiment guy or whatever. I think he could have that, pulled that off. That would have been interesting. He could have pulled off Jay Baruchel's character pretty decently. I, feel, I think Jay Baruchel was actually. Uh, I mean, he was fine. He, he plays a good weasel. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I I he felt like one of the characters in the original that were super weaselly and and uh, you know snorting cocaine off tables and but stuff. but he wasn't even he wasn't even weaselly he was just like very no, but like he had that like weaselly beard <laughs> i think that's just him though i think he, he had adam scott's beard dude. from walter mitty but yeah he had the adam scott like doucher beard 
Yeah, I, I feel like that the beard said it all. Like, it just, he had that sort of demeanor. I just love the, no, I'm from marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, uh, I mean, like I said, I thought Michael Keaton was, like, super underutilized. Like, I, I think he could have been a great villain. Because, I mean, I think they, they have a corporate villain and then, like, the, like, the, sort of like lower tier villain in the original too as well as here but it's not played the same well, the, the difference is i mean spoilers for the original and theoretically like also for this film is in the original there's a much deeper connection between the corporate villain and the like regular villain and in this they're like pretty much completely separate and yeah there has to be a transition in the story to shift us from actual villain to corporate villain and that's what like feels that that's why this film doesn't end very strong because it just there's suddenly this transition out of nowhere where it's like oh yeah that's right we're in this other movie now and well, think, uh how are we gonna end yeah. this well i think that the the villain uh in the original uh red from that 70s show his character uh he i feel like murphy's pursuit of him is much more justified than his pursuit of his counterpart in the remake because i feel like yeah he has every right to want to get vengeance on the dude on on red in in the original and in this one it's kind of just like well this was like a deal that went south kind of thing and 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 obviously i mean like (laughs) he got blown up what are you talking about yeah but things happen but i mean that's but that's that's another thing i mean anybody could have put that bomb in his car I, I, okay, let me rephrase that. I will say that <laughs> the 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 death scene, the death scene where he in this film, I feel like isn't as I don't feel as much sympathy for him in this as I do in the original because in the original, like it's a messed up like brutal death and you really feel like, man, like those guys are just slimy bastards and like I, they deserve what what's coming for them yeah and you really feel for murphy uh more than you do in just him opening a car door and he blows up that's just that was what i thought that's true but i mean this that's the difference between uh over the top radar r movie that's supposed to be graphically shocking and a pg-13 yeah. movie that uh speaking of like random tangent um before you know before we start to wrap this thing up um so when I went to see this movie, uh, the time frame I saw it at, they put me in like the smallest theater, like that's at my local theater. So I go in and it's already the t- tiniest theater. And there's like children everywhere, like little kids, <laughs> like families of like two two parents and then like three little kids. And I'm like, this is really, really, I'm like, am I in the right theater? I pull up my ticket stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's theater nine. Like this is the right theater. Uh, so whatever. So I sit down and like more groups of kids are coming in. I'm like, why are there so many freaking kids in this theater? And then the film starts, and it, it it's Samuel L. Jackson like doing the the like vocal like sounds over the the lion. Yeah, the MGM logo. And I'm like, am I in the right movie? Yeah, I thought I was in Anchorman too when that happened. It was pretty funny. I was like, I was like, oh crap, this is gonna be the wrong movie. And then when the lights come on and it's Samuel L. Jackson, I'm like, okay, whoo. Yeah, I, was I, like, I just saw like hair. And funny noises and a studio starting, and I was like, "Oh, I'm an anchor man." That's what happened. 
but but to be honest, don't you think even if the remake was rated R, the children would still be in the movie? <laughs> Unfor- I mean, like... Unfortunately, yes, probably. <laughs> Maybe. I wasn't allowed to go to rated R movies, but, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, I won't say it, but, yeah. I wasn't either, but it's different times now, Steven. Mm, kids these days. <laughs> right. I mean, kids love Robocop. I mean, there, here's another thing I think. The, what uh, not this movie but other movies do too uh especially the the old boy remake was where it's like i don't know who these movies are made for because they have you know the target audience are people who haven't seen the original and there are references and you know uh, uh oral aural a-u-r-a-l <laughs> and like visual cues to you know to call back visual callbacks to uh, the original and it's like they're not gonna get it but people who have seen the original and like the original are just gonna sit there and be reminded of how much better the original is so it's like they're making really a movie for no one because it's like they you know i don't know i just it, it's like a weird thing because you know they have like jackular earl haley saying in this like i wouldn't buy that for a dollar and you're just like uh you know like i <laughs> yeah i, I sit there that. yeah like i mean you know, because like to say, like Stephen, who hasn't uh, seen the movie in a while, like isn't gonna pick up on that. And they kept and playing that like, stupid theme song that was totally right, just homaging the, the original. But that, that's the thing is that I'm saying it's just like, who is the movie made for? Like, you, they're literally making a movie for like no one. The movie because, was made for the studio. Don't you get that? Obviously, I guess it was just like, uh, you know, they had to re up their their copyright. It was uh, they they made the movie so that the guy from the killing could make a movie where anything other than him getting his ass kicked by ryan reynolds could happen (laughs) i i will say that i'm sure joel kimmon is a nice guy but i i can't i still haven't bought him as a a leading man i know he's i heard he's good on the killing but uh i I just uh i didn't buy him in this movie he looked too boyish like i i feel like anyone other anyone in the supporting cast other than him would have been a better robo samuel like, jackson like samuel <laughs> jackson like i would have watched that dude like i would have uh, watched omar as robocop oh yeah like so he'd Michael be like whistling in an alleyway and then shoot someone. that would have been great dude like i i would have seen that movie jay baruchel <laughs> <laughs> well maybe if he had the beard i don't if he didn't have the beard he might have you know he, he wouldn't look as intimidating that would know. that would be like the spider-man 3 version of robocop he's like <laughs> whiny teenager it's like topher grace as venom <laughs> hey so i'm like robocop <laughs> it would be terrible <laughs> although honestly i think that, would that was be... a really bad jaber <laughs> it was so bad but it was close enough it was almost like i could like almost tell point. what you were doing but oh but like that's the thing is that like i i feel like in today's movies in today's day and age you almost have to like go out of left field like you got to do what Zack Snyder is doing with Batman versus Superman where he's like you know F it I'm gonna make Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor and then everyone on the internet loses their shit you have to like, you have to do what we know nothing about what he's actually doing other than the casting for some movie but but I feel like with the casting you know you're going like with with sort of bold and and different choices and I and I feel like uh and I feel like you you, you got to go like that route um and today to at least like try and and make things more interesting because like if you're if you're tied by a studio to deliver like you know the script of robocop then it's like well we might as well try and get like some different actors in there to hopefully maybe bring something different to it you know you mean like cast a guy who's not in every single movie now 
like the guy they did cast to play RoboCop? Uh, like Joel Kinnaman? I, I mean, I yeah, but I mean, he's not a, as interesting as. I mean, as, they they could have Jesse Eisenberg was RoboCop or something. I, I'm just saying that at least like they casted a guy who he's not unknown, but he's not like in the spotlight as being in every single yeah. movie slash television show. Like that's true, but I feel like he's, he's on not like, like a like completely a... unwatched uh, AMC show that has been canceled and brought back three different <laughs> separate times. It's only been out for three seasons, but it's been canceled like four times. Yeah, but I feel like he doesn't have like a presence, like a screen presence. I know, I'm just saying that it's semi out of left field to cast him as RoboCop when you could have done like tom cruise or like mark Wahlberg or like somebody else mark Wahlberg, i want to see that right but i mean i'm I'm talking about like this is detroit man (laughs) i but i would yeah but i'm just saying like at least tom cruise has like charisma my my simple point is that it was sort of out of left field to cast this guy as opposed to like yeah but it wasn't like an man it wasn't like an extreme casting like we're gonna make abby cornish robocop you know or or we're gonna make someone like Eminem RoboCop or something like that, like that. That's <laughs> I, I'd <it>. watch that, <laughs> dude. Like I, that's what I was thinking too. Like, wh- why didn't they make Eminem RoboCop? It's like when Neil Blomkamp wanted him for Elysium. Like, I, I would watch that too. It would totally fit. Like, I, Eight Mile was great. Like, he was good in that. Like, I, I, I would watch that movie. And and I will say that this movie makes me appreciate Elysium more because at least it has that sort of. Uh, uh, it has that Paul Verhoeven style. You and, know, and you didn't like, mention that, that Jack Errol Haley was totally wearing the exosuit from Elysium when he was trying to fight <laughs> Tin Man. He was, yeah. He, he stole it from uh, Charlotto. All right. Anyways, or from I, I, Matt think, Damon, uh, I'm sorry. I think we're probably running a little off the off the program right now. But uh, does anybody else have any final comments? Uh, no. Steven? Nope. I'm, no? I'm good. All right. Well... What do you say we'll put this, we uh, put this one to rest? Huh? I said we'll put this one to rest. Yeah, we got to hook up to the tube, uh, cycle out our blood, and pump in the weird, yeah, protein smoothie. I'm just gonna get my I'm gonna get my organic paste out of the little machine thing from the. Oh, that was gross. The original. Um. Anyway, <laughs> baby food. Carson, why don't you go ahead and rate this on our scale of must see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must avoid? Uh, I'm going to give it a must avoid. I, I think that there are a lot better ways to spend your time. Um, and I will say if I had to choose, I guess I would watch this one over the total recall remake because at least it has something a little more going for it and it's got a better cast. <laughs> so if anyone was wondering, but I feel like there are, they're, they're on the same level, but that, I, but that I, one has, uh, Colin Farrell fist fighting Brian Cranston. <laughs> It doesn't have Will Smith as Satan, though, and that's what Winter's Tale has, which is a movie that you should go see instead of RoboCop, and that movie's not even very good, so must avoid another remake, another sad attempt, or unnecessary attempt at an old property. All right, Steven. Uh, Yeah, I think I gotta go with Pass with a Caveat. I mean, it it was fine, I thought. I definitely didn't hate any aspect of it but there's just no reason to see it uh but if if you are in the mood for you know an action e-flick a nolan ish type thing i i think i think it's not terrible like you could do worse things with your time but for most people there's probably no reason to check it out yeah i'm, I'm gonna give it a pass with the caveat also um i like i said i 
felt the need to try to, uh, you know, voice my opinion about my patty on the back type feelings towards the film. I, I believe it, at the very least, it was a good faith effort to try to fill in information that uh, wasn't covered in the first film. And while that, like, well, that was a very bad idea to Carson, um, I appreciated the fact that they were doing that. Um, so, but, like, that's not enough for me to, like, recommend the film or tell people they should go out and see it. It's just a thing that I personally appreciated and uh, was at least interested in what they were doing with it, so. I am surprised, though, that I I, I thought we would be, uh, you would be going, like, recommend, like, with the Total Recall remake. There would be, like, more of a, a strife. Dude, I, I legitimately had fun with the Total Recall remake. And, I know. And I, will, I, I will say I'm that. I'm still surprised. I, I will put that in my my little secret uh, my secret vaults along with Repo Man. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I think and, I long for some Forrest Whitaker Repo Man action uh, in this movie uh, for sure. I I I'll give you Repo Man after watching RoboCop. Like I. I <laughs> would go back to that in a heartbeat. What what if at at the end of this this RoboCop remake, you know, like when everybody's like hanging out on the helipad, if it's like Forrest Whitaker showed up and he's like, I gotta take these <laughs> and starts I, ripping parts <laughs> off of RoboCop. I would literally give this movie a must see. Like I'd be like, I'd turn I my opinion I was mad and then it, all of a sudden it turned around. I was like, Whoa This came out of no he was like, You've done this a thousand times I was like, I, this movie's insane now. Uh, and he's dressed as the butler. That would've been. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it racist if you say this movie just went to a dark place when Forrest Whitaker shows up? <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> All right, and on that wow. note, uh, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me at uh, Practical Candy wordpress.com with uh you know not updating it frequently so <laughs> steven yeah, you can find me at twitter.com slash s david miller facebook.com slash s david miller or s david miller.com people can find me at christopher in real life.com or twitter.com slash christopher IRL. you can find the podcast over at the spoiler warning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show this time not including the review of monuments men we never recorded <laughs> <laughs> We did that review off air. That was that was fun editing that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about like after the fact. I was like, yeah, you said the uh, the you said two sixty one instead of two sixty. Yeah, so I just like, edited out the, the number. Time. I was like, with our review of <laughs> the Lego Movie. <laughs> um, but anyways, twitter.com slash spoil the warning to figure out when these episodes go live, and facebook.com slash the spoil the warning if you want to like us there. If you want to get a hold of us directly, uh, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Uh, music for this episode will come from, you know, the uh, you know the remake of the soundtrack to the first film. <laughs> yes, and the, Han, the Hans Zimmer-esque-ish uh, uh, score. Yeah, what he said. Lots of Brahms. And uh, in the meantime, you guys, I'd just like to say thank you for your cooperation. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to add to that. <laughs> See, I, like, when Steven sent it to Chris, I should have said, your move, creep. That's what I should have <laughs> said. I, I missed the boat on that one. 
was too busy thinking about Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> I, I will say my, my two movie experiences this weekend were watching RoboCop in theaters and watching About Time on Valentine's Day while drinking and texting Chris. And <laughs> Whoa. I would definitely recommend Which is not as latter. romantic as it sounds. <laughs> no, it doesn't I, sound I, I that would, romantic. I would recommend the latter over the former, though. <laughs> Definitely about time! Uh, about time! I I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was very charming. Yeah, I had, I had issues with it during, but by the end, then I warmed up to it quite a bit. Oh, dude, that that movie is such one of those like you're like, all right, it's kind of just all right, and then by the time it ends, you're just like, oh, I'm in such <laughs> yes. a sappy state right now. <laughs> yeah. But that's you know a conversation for another time. Uh, mm. Thank you guys for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> Oh, we have RoboCop here now. I was gonna say us. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't want to. I didn't want to speak on us. behalf of Steven. Oh wait, guys, hold on a second. My car alarm's going off. I'm gonna go check that real fast. <laughs> oh, don't okay. go, don't go down <laughs> there. Oh no. Well, I guess I'll close it out. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>